Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDK. All right, here we go, folks. Let's take the uh, 10th caller right off the top at uh, 412-922-1020 to win that incredible gift certificate to Sorgles out in Wexford. Hopefully you'll find a little time today to go out and visit all of these great sponsors that make this show possible every week. Doug and Jess, of course, TribLive.com just moments from now. And we'd love to jump on the phones right away. So if you have any questions, please give us a call. 866-391-1020. Bank Instant Access, KDK.com. Davey.com, as in Davey Tree, coming up at just about a half hour from now. But let's officially get this program underway for a Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and EverybodyGardens.com. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. And we need to start the show in the right place, which is wishing both of you guys and the Bambinos, he's a dog daddy, that counts, and all of our listeners, happy Father's Day to you all. I hope you have a great day full of relaxing, wonderful things, a day in the hammock, a beer or glass of wine at your side, and the wife mowing the lawn for you. How's that? You know, Audrey Gusky said that the average ticket is $134. Has anybody ever spent $134 on you for $1? I don't want them to spend $134. They're not allowed to. They have to go to the thrift store. They have to go on discount. We have that We have that rule. But yes, happy Father's Day to everybody out there. And Rob, I was thinking about yesterday as I watched um, uh, an episode from season three of The Rifleman that starred Adam West. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. I, so I was thinking, it planned that way, do you think? Or it just I think I don't know. I think so, maybe. So that was kind of cool. And if you're interested, binge TV this weekend on Decades, it's Jim Neighbors as Gomer Powell. <laughs> we sure have an exciting One life. thing we have in common, Rob. <laughs> well, you know what? Life was a lot simpler then. Yes, I'm telling you right. I'm watching Marlowe with James Garner at midnight last night, <laughs> trying to fall asleep. And I'm like, wouldn't it be nice just not to have someone call you on your cell phone one day or not get an email or a text message one day? Something we never dealt with back in the 60s. Yeah, I know 70s. it. I know it. Well, big show today. Uh, Ron Hegner from Davy Tree is here. Going to talk about what he's seeing in Pittsburgh uh, as far as trees. And uh, later on today, I am going to be at the Biblical Botanical Garden at Rodef Shalom. That's in Oakland on Fifth Avenue, celebrating their 30th anniversary. Uh, Rabbi Walter Jacob and his wife, Irene, created this unique garden because there is no other garden in the world like it. Uh, Irene passed away in 2012, and uh, I wanted to celebrate their 30th anniversary. It's it's an amazing garden, and so we're doing that at 7 o'clock today. And then next Sunday, 2 o'clock, I'll be at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse talking about pollinator plants to finish off Pollinator Week, and it's absolutely free. So this has been uh, some kind of weather. I'm supposed to get a break today, which means that for me, I've been holding off on planting because it's been so hot, but I wish I could have worked my way around the rain. 
you know, I do these weekly emails and I write them on Tuesday. And so I was watering my containers. And so I was writing about watering my containers. And then on Friday, it's flooding, you know. So. Right. Well, you know, you never can time things when it comes to Mother Nature. <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, all this rain, we have that little bit of a dry period. And now all this rain that we've had. And, um, you know, we're going to have to continue to be on the lookout for fungal diseases, especially with tomatoes and other crops that are they're prone to them, the vine crops and pumpkins and things like that with powdery mildew. So just be on a careful lookout with them if you spot anything in your garden you're not sure about. You can always give us a call and we're happy to give you answers and and uh, and a, our guesstimate as to what's going on. And I'm getting lots of questions. Uh, is it too late to plant? And absolutely not. Uh, still plenty of time to plant. Uh, I still have, boy, I still have a lot of stuff to plant. You know, a friend brought over a bunch of cool peppers. I'm going to put those in. Uh, I've got, you know, probably 10, 15 containers still that need to be planted and I still have a couple tomatoes sitting out there that I'm going to plant uh, that I, again, I, I've been holding off. I don't want, I hate to plant in this hot weather. Yeah, right. And, you know, select a day or a time, right, when you see that there's going to be some gentle rain coming. That's the best time for planting. I'm pretty much done planting, except for, like, succession crops in the vegetable garden. Like, um, you know, I'm, I've been harvesting the lettuce. It's pretty much done. It's starting to bolt. And so also some carrot seeds in its place. So those types of things, you know, that you can continue to plant. I'll do some beets in there as well. That, that's I, a good I, thing to be doing. I couldn't doing. believe it. I actually saw yesterday my pack joy is bolting and oh. it was like whoa yeah got to get that out of there i still have some lettuce going i still have some lettuce that hasn't fully bolted yet that was there from last year oh, believe wow. it or not but it's kind of in a shady spot but and of course the dandelion greens are going nuts i got to harvest all that stuff you know what is interesting? You said come back from last year with your lettuce. You know what i had come back in my garden this year which i cannot i've never had this happen before ever a dahlia I have a dahlia that overwintered in my front garden. Now, that garden is really hot and really warm, and I think the soil is really retains the heat all winter long. I couldn't believe it. Someone told me that they had a black and blue salvia, mm -hmm. which is, we grow it as an annual, but it's a zone seven perennial. They had theirs come back. Overwinter, so. yeah. Yeah, I'll have to take a look, actually. I wonder if I had any of my dahlias come back. I grow them out in the vegetable garden. I mean, it's already almost three foot tall. I mean, and it's huge around. I can't, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Cool. Or a congratulations to uh, Marianne Northside, winner of that certificate from the good folks at uh, Sorgle. Still have one to give away from Janoski's. That's coming up in about 20 minutes. Your phone calls for Doug and Jess just moments away on KDKA. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. All right, here we go straight to the phones. Let's say hi to Joanne in Whitehall. Hey, Joanne, how you doing? I'm doing fine, and thank you, and have a happy Father's Day. We will. <laughs> uh, my question is concerning a pine bark nugget mulch. What do you think about applying that? I'm concerned about termites. One thing that's good about that, that's what they say to apply if you ever have any trouble with... Uh, Artillery fungus. Those big pine bark nuggets are good for that. Uh, other than that, I wouldn't worry about termites. Yeah, termites, okay. actually, it's an urban myth that termites get into mulch. They don't 
you don't ever have to worry about them with mulch, whether it's pine bark or shredded hardwood or anything like that, because mulch is applied to the soil surface and termites are subterranean, which means they live down under the ground. So it's Just not like something. Rob. Yeah, there you go. He's subterraneous. <laughs> it's not something that you have to worry about with any type of mulch. That is an urban legend. So you can go ahead and use that. I would stick with that on tree and shrub beds and don't I wouldn't use it on like a vegetable garden or a perennial bed just because it's too coarse in texture doesn't break down which is which is perfect for tree and shrub beds but not so good for the vegetable garden okay but I have another question real quick okay uh, my azalea bush every once in a while I see an odd formed moldy white I don't know what you say about an inch big and it comes out with the new leaves they're coming out is that a fungus of some sort is it along break, is it along the stems like along the twigs it's on it's usually around the brand new little leaves that are coming out it it forms around the leaves okay there is a an insect called azalea scale, an azalea bark scale that looks like little um elongated tufts of cotton uh and that that's not it it's about an inch big around thing and it looks like it gets a grayish mold color on it and i just break it off and throw it not in the compost pile definitely but i've been breaking it off and i thought i didn't know whether i could use serenade on it if it's a fungus of some sort or what um, I wouldn't put anything on it without uh, getting a proper identification. Um, okay. You know, Doug mentioned uh, to me kind of when, as you were talking, maybe a lichen, but that usually is on the older, older. No, this is brand growth. new leaves coming up, baby leaves. Okay. And it seems to come right there, and it's an ugly looking thing. If you can get a picture of it for us, uh, it's okay. not something that sounds like a common issue with azaleas or any other plant. Like nothing springs to mind other than that azalea scale, which doesn't sound like it's it. But if you no, can get a picture and send it to one of us via either one of our websites, we can probably get a, a better idea of an ID for you then. Or cut it I off, put, cut it off, put it in a Ziploc bag and take it to your local nursery. That's what I was thinking, going down to Chapin's or Chapin's and taking it down there and seeing what they said. Well, which one of those places are you going to go to, Chapin's or Chapin's? <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. I yeah. never know which was correct. <laughs> well, when you go there, ask them. Say, we were, I was on the radio today, and I, I need to ask you a question, and they'll let you know. Okay. All right. Thanks very Thanks much. Thanks for your call. Hey, Barbara up next for Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardeners. The Coons Cooking Hour coming up next hour. Favorite ways to prepare your dad's favorite steaks for Father's Day. Go ahead, Barbara. Good morning. And what a beautiful morning it is, too. So happy Father's Day on this beautiful morning. Thank you. Everyone should get outside and, and smell the roses. Uh, okay, garlic. Uh, you mentioned last week, uh, Doug, that three weeks. Uh, right after you called, I went out and checked. You know, two-thirds of my garlic had already split. One-third wow. of it was split so badly that I had to peel it all. I, I froze some of it, and I some of it I uh, roasted. Uh, Boy, that's really early. I know, I know. And one-third, one I, I can't hang. I'm, I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. I, it's just it's a hard job, you know, peeling all that stuff. One-third of it is, is still intact. I, I'm, I'm amazed. It's beautiful garlic. Uh, just thought yeah, I'd let you know for other people, too, because my husband kept saying, why don't you check it? And I said, no, Doug said it's okay. And yeah, good thing that you did check it. Uh, yeah. oh, I've never yeah. seen it split so early. I know, uh, I know. Uh, the other thing is, I've got 
oodles of milkweed. I've got a lot of milk, uh, butterfly weed, which is not open yet, you know, blossomed yet. I have not, is there any chance of getting a, a, a monarch? I mean, I'm just heartbroken that I have not seen any for There's years. There's lots of chances to get it. First of all, you have, you've set up the perfect shop for them. I mean, milkweed is their only larval uh, food I source, know. which as you know, as you know, but some of our other listeners might not. So you've put out the welcome mat. So now we just have so to talk hope about they those, find their way. Talk about those plants, all the different milkweeds. I know you're really into it. I've yeah. got... I've got the butterfly weed, and it's just about getting ready to bloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the only one. I, I think I have a little bit of swamp milkweed, but there's mine, lots of other ones, mine, right? Mine's just the old, good old-fashioned kind that everybody used to pull out. And yeah. I'm just, just like, okay, come on, come on, come on. So yeah. it is. There's so much of it. I just, it, I, I read that, what? 30%? We don't, we're down to 30% of what we used to have. Yeah, if that. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. numbers are the numbers are really down, and you're doing exactly what you should be doing to put the welcome mat out, and now it's just up to them. There's nothing else that you can do that would really encourage them, other than obviously not using any pesticides uh, in your garden and in your landscape and encouraging your neighbors to do the same. So I did not see one in my garden last year. I saw them when I was out kayaking, but mm-hmm. I never saw them in my garden. Yeah, I haven't seen any this year yet either, although, um, you know, our friend Kylie, who lives in Ohio, she's seen a bunch. She has a bunch of caterpillars already. I check my milkweed plants every day, uh, and I have four different kinds of milkweed in my garden, and and none of them so far have shown any caterpillars on there. All right, let's head to Washington and say good morning to Ed. Ed, how are you? Good morning. Uh, I've been hearing about putting ten layers of uh, paper. Will the asparagus come up through it? Because I got weeds all through my asparagus, and I'd like to get rid of. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, an asparagus bed is tough. And no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't put that layer of newspaper over a, a asparagus bed at the end of the season after you cut down the fronds. It might be able to poke up through there, but I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, I would be afraid. And again, that's one of the tough parts of having an asparagus bed. Once those weeds get established, it's basically just, you know, especially early in the season, Pulling what you can, mulching around the spears. Uh, any other suggestions, Jess? Well, one thing they will come up through is straw. So if you're going to mulch with something in the fall and then again in the spring, I would do straw because the spears can find their way up through the straw. Uh, but you 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 have to hand weed. You have to get all the existing weeds out of there as best as you can before you put down that straw. And make sure you use straw and not hay because they're two very different things. And the straw does not have weed seeds and hay can have weed seeds pretty badly i'm also trying to get rid of milkweed because that's what's in there and somebody said no rototillage you'll have it everywhere that's right that's, <laughs> that's right it's especially if you have common milkweed that's one of the most i would say invasive uh plants so you, if you plant it in your landscape you have to be careful because it it does have underground uh stolons which will will make it spread very rapidly but things like swamp milkweed world milkweed purple milkweed they're clump formers so they don't spread in well, I the think, same way i think way. It's, it's interesting that you know we want people to have common milkweed, yes. but when it's in your asparagus patch, right. you're not going to want it. No. <laughs> it will I outcompete. Mean, Go ahead. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things you're just going to have to dig it, but you definitely don't want to till it. I mean, you don't want to till in the in the asparagus patch anyway because you don't want to cut up those asparagus Would you crowns. maybe just continue top cutting on something like milkweed? You can definitely continue top cutting. Every time you see a sprout shoot up out of the ground, cut it down uh, because that will uh, starve it, uh, starve the roots and eventually kill them. You'll exhaust it eventually. Or it'll exhaust you. 
All right. Thank you for the call. We are going to be talking to Frank when we come back after the news at the bottom of the hour. Plus, Davy Tree is going to be with us. Davy.com to find out more about what they do. And they do do amazing stuff. Next hour, it's your favorite steaks and how to prepare them for dad on Father's Day. Heffron Tillotson's your money in you. And then Alex Chows, who's the pro at Fox Chapel Golf Club today, talking U.S. Open on the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. Number to be on the program, 866-391-1020 or dollar bank instant access, kdk.com. You know, I think one day I'll just have nothing left to say. You know? Oh, that'll never happen with you. That'll never happen. How do you like your steak? Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This is Radio 1020 KDK. All right, we're going to get ready to talk some trees. So if you have a tree question, now would be a good time to call in at 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access. KDKA.com. And now it's time for Talking Trees, a service of the Davy Tree Expert Company. We're joined by Ron Hegner from the Davy Tree Expert Company. And, Ron, you're going to talk about some of the things that you've been seeing around the region. Tree-wise, what's the first thing that you've been looking at? Well, I think everybody's seeing this. Uh, anyone with our, our state tree, the hemlock, we're seeing hemlock woolly adelgid. Uh, Boy, do I have it bad. I know. I, if I looked at 100 trees today that weren't treated, I'll bet you 90 to 95 of them will have varying levels of why so bad well a couple years ago we had those really bad winters uh it was sort of decimated by the cold weather this last uh winter we had a pretty mild winter and it just exploded describe to people what it looks like so that if they have a hemlock tree they know what to be on the lookout for we generally see it first appear on the lower branches and it appears to be just like little white puff balls all along the uh the stem of the plant right there it's pretty easy to see if you flip the the, the branch upside down, you'll see them all lined up all along the underside. Well, I don't have to flip mine upside down. Yeah, some it trees... Looks like, it looks like the tree's been snowed on. Yeah, some trees look like it's been snowed on. It's that bad. So if people see that on their hemlocks outside, they obviously need to call you guys to have you come out and assess the tree. Uh, and horticultural oil, does that take care of it? Yeah, oil will help. Uh, you know, oil is a suffocant. You get control of exactly what you, you know, get coverage on. Uh Spring and fall oil works pretty well. Uh, fall oil will help to reduce the, uh, the, the overwintering, overwintering pest and cut down on populations the following year. It's okay to spray now. We've got the new growth on. It's a good time. Yeah, sure. Uh, but people have to realize one thing, that that woolly substance that's over top of the insect is there as a protective coating that the, the, the insect actually manufactures that. So you may not get very good control of the, you know, the current insect, but you want to control the future populations. And realize, of course, that that white furry stuff is going to stay there uh, to let insect dies, and eventually it'll just dis- uh, dis- disappear. Mm. And it will be an ongoing problem. You have it this year, you apply, you're going to probably have to do it in subsequent years as well, because it's just because you do it once doesn't mean the insect is going to go away. It's going to be here for a while. Uh, yeah. We all look back in time. Remember the gypsy moth? I mean, oh, yeah. People were dumping pesticides out of the air from airplanes and helicopters, and it was so bad for so many years. Eventually, you know, like all insect populations, you know, they they spike and they subside. They go up and they go down. And because this isn't just like the gypsy moth, it's an introduced insect. There's not a lot of native predatory insects that will, you know, help manage the populations. So that's one of the reasons probably why we have such an intense uh, outbreak of them right now. Of course. And eventually, you know, those natural predators will, will take over. But in the meantime, you know, we need to step in and protect our, our trees and our shrubs when these things happen. And uh, if left untreated, it will cause these hemlocks to decline. 
and it caught and it can cause eventually you know a serious dieback and death it's a big problem in the allegheny national forest mm-hmm. mm. a few years back we treated uh 40 acres down at the flight 93 memorial they had mm. that native stand of uh, hemlocks down there that are just beyond the crash site and uh, they wanted to protect that uh, it took us three years to treat them all because of the requirements where you can only apply so much active ingredient per acre and uh, it, it was an interesting project, to say the least. So let's talk a little bit about oak wilt, something that scares me <laughs> like you can't believe. That's living right. In a, you live in an oak forest. <laughs> yes. I had the team from Davy out at my property, uh, and those guys worked so hard. I had a huge oak tree, the top of it, come down, just missed the pool. Uh, and, boy, I had to have three trees taken down. But, yes, living in an oak forest, I'm really concerned about oak wilt. Well, this is the time of the year. Just last week, we saw our first oak tree starting to defoliate. Uh, if you know, if you notice that immediate leaf drop on your oak trees, you need to pay attention to that. Need to get someone out there to take a look at them. Of course, if those leaves are falling, it's probably too late already. That strategy then needs to be focused on salvaging and saving the remaining trees that might be in the area. So once it's showing symptoms, there's little you can do other than protect surrounding trees. Correct. They do say that uh, if there's less than 10% defoliation, you can possibly treat the tree therapeutically. But it's been my experience that once it starts... You know, it's they're dead tree standing. You just need wow. to. Uh, and it's all species of oak, or are some more prone than others? Red oak, black oak, and pin oak uh, are the ones that are going to show the immediate uh, okay. death and decline. We see it in white oak as well. It just takes uh, a very long time for those trees to die. And you're holding something there, pest alert. And boy, I don't want to see that. We we, all, we have seen such a change in you know in what pests we're dealing with over the last few years. Yeah, this is a pretty cool insect. And uh, Jess, you said you've actually seen this out there, out east. It's called spotted lanternfly. Again, it's another one of these imported pests that we see where there's no natural predators. Uh, The adult is actually sort of pretty, uh, but again, uh, it it damages a lot of fruit trees and so on. And that could be a big problem uh, as well as grapes. Yeah, yeah, and they're saying it came in at Berks County, which is actually where I grew up outside of Reading, Pennsylvania. And uh, they, they got the pest alerts out there within probably about two years ago they started to get them. And now they're worried uh, that this pest is traveling west. And the biggest issue, as I understand, is with the grape growers Correct. and the vineyards because the spotted lanternfly really attacks grapevines. So. Oof. Yeah, we don't Scary. want that. I mean, especially you get up around Erie and Northeast where we have all the vineyards. Yeah, don't mess with my wine. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, man, <laughs> Jessica's going to be on a campaign. That's right. <laughs> but again, just like all these imported pests, you know, we saw the emerald ash borer. We've seen gypsy moth. We see you know, hemlock woolly adelgid. We see this. Uh, if you go out by New York, of course, there's um, um, other other things that come in. Uh, Asian longhorn beetle, something we haven't seen here, fortunately. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's always something. And know. even the Japanese beetle. You know, way back when, Japanese beetle and gypsy moth were the big deals. And, and, and they were they didn't come in that often. But now it feels like as trade increases, global trade increases, the rate of introduction of these exotic pests is going up. And we're seeing new ones more Didn't you and more see often. one of those beetles once? 
An Asian longhorn beetle? Yes, I did. I saw it in the Walmart. No one will, no one will believe her I either. I saw it in the Walmart in Manaka on the floor in the Walmart years ago. And I was like, what is she that She knows thing? her bugs. I had never seen one before. And I called uh, somebody with the uh, Expensate Extension Service, and they were like, did you capture it? And I was like, well, the guy in front of me in line put it in a styrofoam cup and took it outside. Like, that's what we do with bugs, right? We want to be a good person. We release it outside. Well... There you go. Like, that's how they get out there. So, well, that insect's devastating because, unlike things like the uh, emerald ash borer, that particular pest goes after all species of trees. Mm hmm. Scary stuff. Uh all right. Remember, for more information about Davy Tree and to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com slash KDKA. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. Is Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, still looking for that 10th caller to win that certificate to Janoski's at uh, 412 922 1020. Now get back to Doug and Jess. Doug, tell them where you're going to be later. Uh, I'm going to be at the Biblical Botanic Garden at 7 p.m. today at Rodolph Shalom. That's on Fifth Avenue in Oakland, celebrating their 30th anniversary. And then next Sunday, 2 o'clock, join me at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse for a pollinator plant presentation for Pollinator Week. It's absolutely free. So mazel tov to Rodolph Shalom, and uh, you're going to have a good time there today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've uh, worked with them for a long time telling the story of that garden, and it's a Completely unique garden. There's nothing like it in the entire world. Hey, real quick, what are you two working on in the trip before we get back to these Well, calls? that was my latest story, was the 30th anniversary of the Biblical Botanic Garden. And you, Jessica? Just all about planting and managing pests and disease in the landscape. And, and uh, as always, both of our articles can be read online at triblive.com. And you can go on there and, and check out what's going on in the world of gardening. And Ron Hagner still here for Davy Tree. So if we have a question that he can jump in and help out, you know he will. So let's go to Eleanor and Allison Park. Rhubarb. Hey, Eleanor, good morning. Good morning to you all. And happy Father's Day to Doug. Thank you. Uh, my the leaves on my uh, rhubarb plants are turning yellow. Not all of them at once, um, just sort of gradually. But the whole leaf will get yellow. I wonder what's going on. Uh, is it tend? Does it tend to be the older leaves toward the lower part of the plant? Uh, I think so. Okay, so there is some natural dieback that occurs with um, rhubarbs, and it just might be this year you happen to notice it more than other years. You will often see the lower leaves sort of turning yellow and dying back, and you can go ahead and cut those off when that happens. The big issue becomes when you start to see that on the younger leaves or the growing point of the plant, then you might have a fungal issue. Because it's been so wet, they are going to probably be more common this year than other years. But still, a rhubarb is an incredibly resilient plant. And even if we have a year where it does have a fungal issue, next year it will be back and it will probably be just fine. As they get older, as they get older, do they need... Uh to be split or anything Definitely. like that? Definitely, yeah. Okay. If you've got a big, giant clump that's holding on to a lot of water, you could have a little bit more issues with that. That's just a sign that it needs to be divided. When, when do you divide it? Uh, I do it in the spring when it just starts to show those nubs of growth and knuckles coming up out of the soil. That's a good time to go ahead and divide it. Uh, further, just wanted to clarify. You sure. said 
Did you say the tips of the leaves? Yeah. No, if you're starting to see the younger leaves or the growing point of the plant, which is toward what the center. What does that mean? If you're starting to see that yellow and rot off, then you probably have a fungal issue in there. What um, is the growing point of the plant? The growing okay. point is toward the center where the new leaves are emerging out of the plant. That's the point where the plant is growing from. The outer lower leaves are the older ones. What's tight in the center of the plant is the growing point of the plant. All right, let's go to Janet. She's up next for Doug and Jess and Ron Hegner from DavyTreeDavy.com. Hey, Janet, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thanks. I have a 35-year-old maple tree that appears to be dying from the center of the tree. The branches are dying off, and it looks like there's some kind of a fungus on the trunk. I was wondering if that tree can be saved. What do you think from that description, Ron? Well, maples, we know, are prone to girdling roots. Uh, a lot of times that might might be what we're seeing here. If the top of the tree is dying, uh, that root will encircle the tree and cut off that water flow up the tree. That would be the first thing to look for. Look to see if that tree has a good root flare or if it looks like a telephone pole stuck in the ground. Uh, if it's not one of those items, then we may want to look at uh, maybe verticillium wilt, which is a vascular disease. Again, shuts off the water flow going up the tree. There's that word again, gurgling. What's that mean? Girdling. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, when the root circles. and when, So when somebody planted it, they didn't make sure that the roots were going out into the soil. Instead, one started circling around the base of the plant. And that essentially strangles or chokes the, the tree and doesn't allow moisture and nutrients to get up to the top of the tree. And if she is curious about that, she should probably have an arborist come out and take a look right. at it, right? We and they do, come out for free, right? Right. We can do what's called a root collar excavation. Uh, we use high pressure air to blow the soil away from the base of the tree, and it gives us a chance to get in and take a look around. It's sort of non, non-invasive, which is, you know, uh, better for the tree. You don't want to do more damage than good trying to take care of it. And I'm going to give her the number again for Davey so she can call you guys and have someone come out and assess it. It's 855-982-TREE. 855-982-TREE. All right, we'll come back and wrap up the hour with Doug and Jess getting ready for your father's favorite steaks and how to prepare them on a Father's Day edition of the Coons Cooking Hour with Joe and Frank Dentisi. That's coming up after CBS News at 8. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. Well, we were talking earlier with Ron Hegner from the Davy Tree Expert Company, and we're talking about pests. And Jess, you've been hearing about lots of pests that we don't normally see in the garden, which is always scary. It is. And you know what? I've been getting multiple emails and Facebook messages from folks who are seeing pests that are t- typically and traditionally southern pests that we don't see this far north. And they are here. Last year started to be the first problem we really, uh, first year we had problem with leaf-footed bugs, which they're big, they're unmistakable, about an inch long, black, they have, uh, the back legs look like they have little leaves or wings on the, on the outside of the legs, and they have a needle-like mouth part, and they, mm. when they're nymphs, they collect on tomatoes, I had them on my cucumbers yeah. last year. They're not a pest we've ever seen in Pennsylvania until the last few years. They're one to be on the lookout Is there an for. organic control if you see one? Uh, you, uh, you got 
got to carefully hand pick them or knock them into a jar of soapy water. You may also be able to use horticultural oil as long as you come in direct contact. The good thing about the nymphs is they're sort of the smaller version of them. They don't have wings yet, so they can't fly away. So they're real easy to target with something like insecticidal soap or horticultural oil. Um, The other one is a harlequin bug. And a harlequin bug is a a black, shiny, half-inch long sort of shield-shaped insect that has these bright orange markings on its body and that they do kale broccoli brussels sprouts things in that that brassica family so lots of ones to be on the lookout for remember the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.